What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 15. We are cranking these bad boys out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when i speak you guys know how i like to get down i like to get my positivity off in the beginning because some of y'all will not be here at the end i ain't for everybody and that's okay all right um i, I think my, my word today my 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 motivation today is simple it's a simple simple thing um but a lot of people struggle with it and it basically is never seek Revenge. Rotten fruit, rotten fruit will fall by itself. A lot of times in our lives, people will, people will do you wrong. They just will. That, that is a part of life. And we live in a petty society. We live in a get-back society. We live in a, if they, if they hit me, I got to get my lick-back society. And I'm just here to tell you that that's wasted energy. That is wasted energy. Don't look for the revenge. Don't look for your lick back. The, the greatest lick back to someone or to some people who've done you wrong, success. Success. There are some people who are going to, who are, who are literally going to watch this podcast, who are, who are going to see Jesse Holly unfiltered with Jesse Holly and look at this and, and know that this is my lick back. Because I'm successful. Because they done me wrong. They mishandled me. They misused me. They talked behind my back. They crossed me. They took my kindness for weakness. All of those things. But rotten fruit will always fall by itself. And the great thing is, if you stay the course and you continue to do what you have to do, and not seek revenge or not waste any of your valuable time trying to get a lick back, God will allow you to watch their failures. Woo! Give you a front row seat. We'll give you a front row seat and you won't have to do a thing for it. Just do you. Continue to do you. Continue to work on whatever that thing is or those things are that will make you successful. That's your lick back. That is will always be your lick back. Fired unjustly, your look back is, I'm going to go to another company and become bigger. Treated wrong in a relationship, your, 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 your look back is, I bounce back and I get a better relationship and I'm shining and I'm glowing and I'm doing greater things. Whatever that thing, friend crossed you, your look back is, you just keep doing what you got to do and they got to watch you do it. That's the greatest part about it. That's the greatest part about it, that the rotten fruit will continue to see you ripen. That the wrongdoings by them will allow you to have the rights of passage to success. So don't look for revenge. Don't even waste your time with it. I know it hurt. I know it pissed you off. I know it made you mad. Me too. Me too. And those feelings, by the way, are okay. Because you're human. And humans are allowed to be angry. We're allowed to be upset. We're allowed to be frustrated. We're allowed to be um, 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 
happy, all the emotions that you are having or will have in the life, it's okay. You don't have to put those, those, you don't have to be embarrassed or feel some kind of way about those emotions. You literally have those emotions because you're human. God gave you those emotions for a reason. So don't feel bad about being upset. You can be upset someone did you wrong, 100%. Angry, in fact, mad, seething, pissed, furious, downright boiling. All those feelings are real. All those feelings are okay. But what do you do next? Do you live in those feelings? Do you stay in those feelings? Or do you have the feelings and you boss up? And now you go and not seek revenge, but you allow them to watch you be successful. So never seek revenge. Never ever seek revenge. Fallen fruit, rotten fruit will fall by itself. And if you're lucky, God will give you a front row seat to watch their failures. It happens all the time. Just continue to do what you do. All right, let's get into this thing, man. You know how we start, brother. Cowboys football preview this weekend. Cowboys take on the Arizona Cardinals. And this thing on Monday looked like it was going to be easy, smooth sailing. Cowboys would have a big victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Problem is, life happens. <laughs> life happens. And uh, the injury bug has kind of been creeping around and, 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 and snipping at the tails of Cowboys roster. Tyler Biotish, the starting center, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. All pro Zach Martin, or left right guard, excuse me, he's dealing with an ankle injury. But the biggest injury of all, and this is the one that's been shockwaves around the football universe across the NFL is the injury to Trayvon Diggs, all-pro, all-world cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yesterday during practice, in one-on-one drills, Trayvon Diggs was going up to defend the pass, came down, legs got tangled up, tore his ACL. Trayvon Diggs is done for the season. Terrible. Terrible news for Trayvon, and it sucks for Trayvon because he was having a, a sensational year. He he was he was having another all-pro season, two games into this season, early season, but he was playing some of his best ball. And and tied to this defense that the Cowboys have right now, it was looking like this was going to be a historic defense. But these are the things that happens. And you pray for Trayvon Diggs and his injury for recovery, for his healing process. And this will be a this will be a full at least nine months recovery, 10 month recovery. And then sometimes people say it takes a player really another full year after they come back from the injury to really get back to their, to their normal self. I'm here to tell you, don't look at Adrian Peterson as the comeback story of what an ACL is. That was one of a kind. He's one of a kind. But every time you get cut open and every time you go and have a surgery, and they put you back together, you don't come back better than what you were. That's just fact. It's just fact. If, if, if I have to cut something from you and then artificially add something to it to help it grow back and help it, that tells me that a part of you is no longer whole. We, we had, we, we're going to always have the conversation on this show, football takes something out of you every single day. And all of these injuries that they, these, these players go through, it's inevitable. Football is a 100% hurt business. It is. 
It is. If guys have not gotten hurt, that means they have not played. That's the nature of the beast. And for, for Trayvon, you, you hope that he comes back and at least gets close to what he once was. Youth helps. Having the youth on his side to be able to heal and to bounce back. Um, but there are some things that, that he'll have to deal with for the rest of his life from this particular injury. And it sucks. And many of you, it was doom and gloom for a second. Not for a second, but a lot of you via social media was sad. Season's over and we're, we're no longer going to the Super Bowl or have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, and none of that. You, you can't tell in week two. But I felt okay. I felt terrible for Trayvon. I felt horrible for Trayvon. But I looked the way this Cowboys team has been constructed over the last year. Dan Quinn, Will McClay, and company has done a fantastic job with creating depth on this football team. And when you have depth on a football team and you have good depth, not just guys, when you have guys who are able to come in and play, you feel a little bit better when you lose a significant piece of your defense. And a lot of people are looking at, well, how do you replace Trayvon Diggs? And I'm here to tell you, guys like Trayvon Diggs, the stars of your team, you don't replace them. You adjust to them or to their absence. You can't replace that guy. So anytime you try to replace a guy like Trayvon Diggs or a player of that caliber, you're always going to find yourself coming up short. Those guys are not replaceable. What can happen now is, I can adjust. I have um, adjustable assets. I have players who can come in and not replace them because I'm always going to fall short. But I can adjust with the players that I have to not particularly fall off on, on, on what needs to be done from a schematic uh, standpoint. And the NFL, and not just the NFL, in life, Next man up mentality. If you got a little boo thing and he ain't acting right, next man up. If you got a little cinnamon apple, she ain't acting right, next man up. If, you, if you're an employer and you have employees who aren't willing to do the work, it's next man up. It's the same thing in sports. Football, basketball, baseball, whatever it may be. It's a next man up mentality. And for the Cowboys, the next man up is a guy named Deron Bland. Who, if you're just going by the numbers, Deron Bland, last year for this Cowboys team in his first year in the National Football League, led the Cowboys to interception with five. Two more than Stephon, to, uh, excuse me, than Trayvon Diggs. Cool kind of stat right here. Trayvon Diggs, since the time that he has come into the league, until now, has led the league in interceptions. Another interesting stat, since Deron Bland has come into the National Football League, he has led the league in interceptions in his time frame. So you, gotta, you, you lose a ball hawk only to add an adjustment player that's also a ball hawk. And the one thing that I, I, I feel comforting in knowing is that Dan Marquez Quinn, I don't, that's not really his middle name. I don't know. But Dan Quinn got enough so I'm calling his middle name Marquez. It's Patrick, I think his middle name is. But I'm going to say Marquez. Dan, it's Patrick. Dan Patrick Marquez Quinn, I believe in. I trust. 
He is, if not, the probably the, the number one defensive coordinator in all of football. Now, it helps when you got great players like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and, and J. Ron Kirsten, Tate Lawrence, and so on and so on and so on. But one of the greatest things about a coach is when you have talented people is being able to manage that talent and being able to put that talent in a position to succeed. And I don't think there's a defensive quarter, maybe not even a coach in the league, man for man, scheme for scheme, player for player, that has done more with the talent that he's had than Dan Quinn. This Cowboys defense, two years in a row, have led the league in interceptions. This Cowboy defense under Dan Quinn has been amongst the top five in sacks, pressures, like I just said, turnovers. This team has basically, before Trayvon Diggs got hurt, they were having kind of all-stars or all-pros at every single level. That doesn't happen if you don't have a coach that's able to get these players in the, right, in the proper position. And to have the mindset and the mind frame to say, I'm willing to, to do things in an unorthodox way that may give us great success. We birthed it or we found out about Micah Parsons being this prolific pass rusher because defensive ends got hurt. And Dan Quinn said, you know what? Let, let's try this kid, Micah Parsons, that defensive end until we get some guys back. Lo and behold, you found that one of the best pass rushers in all of football because Dan Quinn had the fortitude and the mindset and the thought process of let's try and let's build around it. Now you have something special. So when you lose a player like Trayvon Diggs, I, I just I was at an I, I, I felt bad for Trayvon, but I was at ease in the fact knowing that the adjustment that had to be made by players like Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis came back off his foot injury, and knowing that Dan Quinn is one of the best schematic coaches in the league. Dan Quinn is going to put these players in the proper position. And I don't think the drop-off is going to be as major as a lot of people make it out to be. I was telling people before, think manhole, not less. Think more like the gap between losing Trayvon Diggs and adding Deron Bland to it with the addition of the scheme that Dan Quinn can put on it. Think more manhole, less Grand Canyon. See, Grand Canyon, think, man, the, 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 the average margin on that is infinity. But I think it's going to be a lot closer than a lot of us think it's going to be. I think Deron Bland is going to be fantastic in his role. I think he's ready for it. Having a guy like Stephon Gilmore, this is why I was so big on the, 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 the free agent. That, because when you bring a guy like that into the locker room, with that much history in the game, that much knowledge, former defensive player of the year, who is, who was elite in what he did at that position, you not only get a good player on the football field, but you get a good mentor who can give these young guys tips and tools and, and, and strategies and help them understand the game at an elite level mindset. Because I'm always a firm believer when it comes to defense, Defense is about athleticism, but defense more so is about knowledge. The good defenses that you've seen over time, and I'll go in my lifetime when you're talking about the, 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 like those Ravens defenses, those Tampa Bay defenses, go look at those defenses. And yes, you had Hall of Fame players, but you had Hall of Fame smart players. You had guys like Ed Reed. You had guys like Ray Lewis, Haloli Nada. 
You had guys like uh, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, um, uh, 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 Warren Snap. I mean, you, these guys were prolific in what they did athletically. Derek Brooks. But mentally, they were so ahead of the game. They were so much students of the game that that, uh, that, that took their talent to a whole nother level. Because I'm already, by God's grace and gift, a step better than you, two steps better than you. And now when I have the information and knowledge to put with that, now I'm four, five steps ahead of you. So when you add a guy like Stephon Gilmore to the team who was at a point in time in his career, I mean, you get the defensive player of the year from the DB's position, you, you elite. There's a level of knowledge that comes with that. And I think he's able to implement that to guys like Deron Bland and others. The same thing that a guy like Brandon Cooks on the office side has done for like Jalen Tober and others. That's invaluable. When you see sometimes in the league, you laugh and you go, man, Adonis Haslam is still getting a check. Or you laugh and you go, man, how is, uh, you know, this guy, Robert Horry, still getting a check? Or how is a guy like Danny Green still getting a check? You see these guys who are 12, 15, 17 years in the league, and you're saying, man, how are these guys still getting checks? Well, it ain't about what they can do on the court. It's about what they can give the, the, the locker room, the information, the, 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 the OG-ness to younger players who are more in their prime. That's an integral part to the game. And you see those teams who have guys like that on the team, those teams are usually successful. Those teams usually have a leg up on the competition because instead of having a bunch of 24-year-olds who don't know a damn thing about nothing – you got an OG or two in that locker room that can put that guy up under the wing and walk him into a place of success and allow him to see things from a different perspective. Famous quote by, I love by Jay-Z. Jay-Z talks about, he said, it took me 26 years to get to a point. My goal now is to cut your, ha your time in half. Like, that's the goal, right? The OG comes in and he said, I, it took me 26 years to get here. My goal now as an OG is to cut your time in half. I did it so now you don't have to do certain things. I can give you the cliff nose version and, and, and help you not have to go on that detour, but more of a straight path to success. That's what you get with Stephon Gilmore helping a kid out like Deron Bland. I am confident in Deron Bland. I am confident in Dan Quinn. This pass rush doesn't die. It didn't die. It didn't go anywhere. It's still a part of it. Michael Parsons still on the football field. Tank's still on the football field. J. Ron Kirk's still on the football field. That didn't go anywhere. So all those things that, that, that people have to face now, they're still going to have to face. Now, if Micah goes down, knock on wood, then I worry. Then I worry. But this, it sucks for Trayvon. It does. It, it sucks for his family. It sucks for... Everybody, thank goodness he got paid. This is why I'm never going to be against players trying to get their bread for these very moments. Something as a routine as, as, as Trayvon done every single day of the year for all his career. As simple as going up for a pass. Oh, by the way, side note, for those of you who want to know, it was done on grass. It didn't happen on turf. The Cowboys actually practice on grass. They play on turf, but they practice on grass. But Trayvon did something that he normally does any other time of the day. It just so happened that this time, for whatever reason, force, torque, twist, turn, 
it didn't end well for him. And that's sad. But that's why I'm always ready for, for teams to go and get go and get their money. Players, excuse me, not teams, but players to go and get their money so that they can have the ability to, to provide for their family. And also something that's kind of behind doors that people don't really know about when it comes to contracts, at least in the National Football League. I'll speak on that football league because that's the league that I played in. Under the umbrella of a contract, one contract, two different numbers. One contract, two different numbers. Most people, casual fans, most fans, even the hardcore fans, don't know about the intricacies of an NFL contract. When a player is healthy and playing, he gets paid this number. All under one contract. These are the these are the little fine prints of, of, of contracts. But if a player gets hurt, a la what happened to Trayvon Diggs, out for the season, that contract number changes. Guarantees are still the guarantees. But now you don't make the same amount of money that you make when you're hurt. There's a different number. There's an active, healthy number in your contract. And then there's a hurt IR, um, out for multiple weeks, end of the season number. So even in that, the, the teams are still getting their cut. They're, they're paying you a reduced amount of money because of your injury. Some people don't know that. Most people don't know that. So... This is why I'm always a fan of get your money, young fella. Always get your bread. When ownership tried to tell you that, hey, we're family, this is a family, that's the biggest lie on earth. You're not an heir to that throne. They don't invite you over for Thanksgiving dinner. You're not in the family photo. <laughs> You're not family. You are a business asset. And trust and believe the moment you stop performing, the moment they get up out of you, they get you up out of there. That ain't how you treat family. Some of y'all might treat y'all family like that. Some of y'all. <laughs> but it ain't family. And these players need to get their money. Um, so you ask, you know, what does that mean for this team? How does this team react? I think this team is fine. I think this team will be fine. The good thing is, Deron Bland and company, they're going up against an Arizona team who I believe is organically tanking. I believe they don't have the facilities and players to really threaten the Cowboys defensively. They don't have a star receiver. Like, I mean like a star receiver. They have receivers. They got Hollywood Brown and company. But they don't have – there ain't no Justin Jefferson over there. They don't have a guy that can go over there and just really wreck the game by himself. And then you play New England next week, and, and, and while Bill Belichick, I think some of the shine is, is, is coming off of him. It's tough when you don't have an all-world quarterback. It's tough when Tom Brady can't, can't carry you to victory. That's what people say. Is it coaching? Is it players? Is it players? Is it coaching? Coaches don't take one snap on the football field. It's usually the Jimmys and Joes. The coaches can make some good X's and O's. They can design some good X's and O's. They can. But they don't got the Jimmys and Joes out there. Them X's and O's are trash. Trash. Trust and believe you me. You see that with Bill Belichick and company now. Good X's and O's. 
No Jimmys and Joes. Life's tough. But the Cowboys have this week and next week to kind of really get their bearings about them because they go and they go into San Francisco. They go into the Bay. Tell me when to go. Tell me when to go. They go into the Bay. Week five. See San Francisco. They got the X's and O's, and they got Jimmys and Joes. And they're Jimmys and Joes. Bullies. Bullies. So the Cowboys have two weeks to get their stuff together. Starting this weekend with the Arizona Cardinals, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Let me say this, and, 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 and we'll get off the Cowboys topic right now. This is, I don't want to sound like Dion, but this is personal. And this one is, this one is very direct. Um, and I'm not the toughest dude in the world. But I stand on certain principles. I stand for certain things. I come from a different era. Like, raised by real OGs who stand on different principles. And that's who I'm going to always be. I am never going to shift from that. But it was something that I saw today from a former player who has gotten on TV and made a complete donkey of himself. And it bothers me. It bothers me because there is a spoken, unspoken feel, relationship in the fraternity of players where no matter the team or ownership, division, conference player to player we care for one another player to player we we have a different understanding about this game player to player we know just how tough it is excuse me to make it till sunday player to player we understand how much of a sacrifice we must give mentally Emotionally, but most importantly, physically. I've said this before, I'll say it again. When you're done playing this game of football, you're not leaving this game whole. It takes from you in every aspect of your life. And when you have guys like Bart Scott who get on national television and play the fool and make fun of or try to make light of jokes about a player or situation that happening due to injury, I don't like it. You're foul, Bart Scott. And you can get on social media and say that you were taken out of context. No, you weren't. No, you weren't. There is a level of respect, player to player, that should always be shown when it comes to injuries, you want to make jokes about a, about a play, like an on-the-field play, I'm all for it. You want to make a joke about someone's performance, I'm all for it. You want to make a joke about a folly that happens on the football field, I'm all for it. Let's go. I'm all for the jokes. 
But when you go and you try to make jokes about a player who was injured and who was done for the year with an injury as serious as an ACL, you're wrong. Not only are you wrong, you damn wrong. You foul, you're disrespectful, and you and you and you played the fraternity. And you're lame. You corny as hell for what you tried to get on national TV to do today. And try to make light and joke of the situation with Trayvon Diggs and the Dallas Cowboys. I expect this from people who have never strapped it up before. I expect this from people who don't understand the toll that this game takes on you. I expect this from people who just ain't never been in the mud like we've been in the mud. But you get on national TV and you get in front of these folks and you get the cooning and you get the dancing around and you get the saying stuff that you should not say about an injury. And you of all people who have played a long time in the National Football League should know just how difficult this game is physically. What it takes to come back from a season-ending injury. And you want to make jokes because you think you're funny. You're corny. You're lame. You're an L7 weenie. You. I don't care if you don't like the Cowboys. I don't care if there's some hate that you have. You're a player. That's a player. There's a different set of rules when it comes to that. And you broke those rules today. And you'll forever be corny to me. Does it matter to you? I don't know. Don't care. You're lame. Big lame. And one of my biggest issues with society in general, and I, I always tell y'all, I don't promote violence. I just sometimes understand it. And it's, it's a shame when you see the old heads who are now taking these new, this new age approach to certain things. Because we are now in an era where people can say stuff in the social media era, where people can say stuff just willy-nilly and suffer no consequences. I come from a time and a place where you had to watch what you said because your words specifically man to man if they were too far right or too far left and you said some things that was foul you had to deal with that somebody smacked taste out your mouth i don't know if those rules those rules are probably far and few between now i still live by them i still stand by them i still go and 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 and, and try to to walk an appropriate line with them with the understanding that if I say something foul, that someone might try to smack taste out my mouth. Someone should smack taste out your mouth. Because you crossed the line. That was foul. And you're lame. Facts. Go around the NFL. That 49ers team, it's a good football team. Beat the New York Giants last night 30-12. to 12. I jokingly said, you know, um, you know, 30 to 12, 40 to nothing. That makes the Cowboys a better team. No, that doesn't make the Cowboys a better team. That's a good football team. Brock Purdy threw for 310 yards. Debo Samuels, 129 yards receiving in a touchdown. 
Easy Ed, McCaffrey's son, Christian McCaffrey, 85 yards rushing, another, I think, 40-something yards receiving. The one thing that always sticks out about me and this Niners football team is the level of physicality. Even Christian McCaffrey, who has kind of been historically a more finesse-type player, he's physical. Like, he, he, he has adopted the nature of that team. Debo, Trent Williams, who I know a lot of y'all are like, Trent Williams has been ejected, throwing a punch. Watch the whole thing. Trent Williams threw a bigger punch. But the kid Robinson hit him with a little sneaky, boop, uppercut before Trent Williams threw that big punch. But nonetheless, Niners win. This, this whole NFC, NFC division, it's really chalking up to just to be the Cowboys and Niners. Week five is going to be a big week, but this is going to come down to week five and plus in the playoffs, but it's going to go through the Niners. If the Cowboys plan on getting any playoff success, it's going to have to go through the 49ers. Titans-Browns. I'm looking for Deshaun Watson to have a bounce-back game. I am. I'm looking for Deshaun Watson. I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill and company in, 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 in Tennessee. I'm looking for Deshaun Watson to have a comeback game. I'll take the Browns over the Titans. This is going to be a good game. I don't think at the beginning of the year people thought about the Falcons and the fighting Dan Campbell Detroit Lions, but these are two really good football teams. Falcons are 2-0. Bijan Robinson, their all-world, he had 180 yards. Excuse me, he has 180 yards on the season. He had a run last week, and they had a great shot from like the overhead view. He had a great, sh- a, a great run of just his vision is, is, is phenomenal. He's a freak athlete, and he had a cutback run where he cut back three times. And I was just like, whoa. If you get a chance, go look at the it's – a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a high level view. It was a, it was a, it was a crazy run. Falcons versus Lions. I think the Lions pulled this one out in a gritty matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for the fighting Dan Campbells, man. MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions. I, I, I like that football team. I'm, I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions. Saints, Packers, battle of the quarterbacks. Derek Carr, 2-0. Packers, 1-1. Jordan Love is coming into his own. I'm going Packers over the Saints. Broncos, Dolphins, this is going to be a route. This is going to be a route. You're getting ready to see some, you think it was called Denver, the Rocky Mountains? You're getting ready to see a rocky situation in Denver. Sean Payton, Mr. Unlimited. That, that's about to be a rocky. They're about to go to 0-3. Dolphins going to boat race, I believe. The Denver Broncos, Chargers, Vikings battle the 0-2 teams. Who gets off the snide? Not a fan of Kellen Moore. Have never been a fan of Kellen Moore. I, I just think while Kellen Moore always have offenses that can, I guess, score points and make big plays, Kellen Moore to me has never had an offense that with any rhyme or reason. He just has a bunch of plays. He has a bunch of collection of plays, and he just like picks them out the air, and I'm going to call this, I'm going to call that one. But nothing ever really has a rhyme or reason. And then he gets in these close games, and then when it comes time to actually having to set something up and something to have – Something to it fails. They lose. I got the Chargers going to 0-3. Vikings getting their first one of the season. Patriots, Jets, what a boring game that's going to be. I'm going to pick the Jets. I'll pick the Jets in that one. 
Bills, Commanders, Commanders 2-0. A lot of people aren't talking about the Commanders. And, and, and I wish more people give Eric Bieniemy some credit. People said that Eric Bieniemy couldn't and, and all the interview stuff and all that. And I was even one who criticized Eric Bieniemy for taking a lateral position. But I'm starting to understand a little bit more now. Eric Bieniemy said, I have to get out of the shadow of Andy Reid and prove myself independent of Andy Reid. Well, the fighting commanders of Washington, 2-0 this season. They got my boy Sam Howe, go Tar Heels, looking like an all-world quarterback. Riverboat Ron, the defense play, inspired. I'm rooting for the Washington Commanders to beat the Buffalo Bills. I want our division, the NFC East, to be a good division. The Giants have proved that they're booty juice still. The Cowboys are good. Philadelphia is good. Well, come on then, Commanders. Join the party. Join the party, and I want Sam Howe, and I want Eric Bieniemy. I am an Eric Bieniemy fan. I want Eric Bieniemy to win, so I want him to continue to do what he does so that he can go get a head coaching job, and I think he's well overdue for it. Commanders beat the Buffalo Bills. Jaguars, Texans. I'll take, I'll take Sunshine over C.J. Stroud. Colts will be, out, will be without Anthony Richardson, their first-round quarterback. He's out with a concussion. Ravens are playing some inspired. Now, the Ravens, they got their injury list this big. I, I, ten names that ain't playing. Odell Beckham ain't playing. Marlon Humphrey ain't playing. Justice Hill ain't playing. Uh, you, I, I mean, the names on that list are long. A lot of guys aren't playing. They still got Axon Jackson. They still got Zay Flowers. I like the Ravens over the Colts. Ravens move to 3-0. Panthers, Seahawks. Bryce Young is out for maybe this week and next week with an ankle injury. I'm gonna go, They got to travel all the way to Seattle. And for a young football team, if you don't understand what Seattle is as a home game, Seattle sports fans in general. I've been to Seattle Sounder games. I've been to Seattle football games. I've been to Seattle Storm games, the WNBA team. They need to get the NBA team back in there. Their fans are some of the best fans in the world. They come, they cheer, they cheer loud, they cheer all game. They march through the three through the, through the streets of Seattle. It's, it's a really cool scene. But when that place gets going, it gets going. It's deafening. So Andy Dalton will take his shot at the starting quarterback for the Panthers. I like the, I like the Seahawks in that one. Bears and Chiefs. Oh. Bears, y'all just, I, I'm sorry, y'all just all bad. In addition to, the Bears had $100,000 worth of equipment stolen from the, when it rains, it pours. Y'all got folks getting houses raided. Y'all got quarterbacks who don't like the coaching. Y'all got bad coaching. Y'all got a bad football team. And folks stealing $100,000 worth of equipment from y'all. It's bad. Give me, give me the Chiefs over the Bears. I got Cowboys over Cardinals by a lot. Uh, I'm looking at like 36-13, and I think it's like late touchdowns because Dak Prescott and company's on the sideline in the fourth quarter, and they still have their starters in. Steelers, Raiders, the cap off the uh, Sunday night football. That's going to be an interesting game. They were chanting fire Matt Canada in the stadium, office coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Raiders are favorite. Yeah, Raiders are favorite. Two and a half. It's an interesting one. 
could go either way. I'm a fan of Mike Tomlin. He has to, he has to write this ship. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Monday night football. I, let, let me say this. I am not a fan of the doubleheader Monday night football games. I just, I'm not. I think the NFL is doing a, a, a huge disservice to themselves, to the fan base, because now you split, you split me up. Now, like, literally, you're going to lose half of your audience. You got one game starting at 6.15, the other game starting an hour later. Eagles, Buccaneers, battle of 2-0 and teams. Baker Mayfield got them guys playing well in, 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 in Tampa. Not a fan of Baker Mayfield, but give credit where credit is due. He's found a spot over there. He's found a spot over there in, in Tampa Bay. 2-0. But I want Philadelphia at their best. So as a Cowboy fan, I want Philadelphia to keep on winning so that when we knock y'all off, I don't want to hear no excuses. Then you have the Rams at 2-0. Bengals don't know if Joe Burrow will play with the – he exaggerated. He exaggerated. He re-aggravated the calf injury that he had in training camp. If that's a question, if, if Joe Cool don't play, Bengals don't win. I don't, I'm sorry. If Joe Cool plays, they have a chance. They have a chance, but – Reports came out earlier that um, Jamar Chase was asked about it. He said, I don't know. I don't think so. So no Joe Cool. I'm going to go with the Rams uh, in that game. That's all the games around the National Football League. Should be an interesting week. Should be an interesting week. I told you guys before, uh, my show will not be a show that does not talk about Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffalo. Sorry. He is the hottest sports topic in the league, in the sports world in general. But this was an interesting one that Deion talked about. It wasn't had nothing to do with the game. It had nothing to do with them versus Oregon this week in Eugene. I think they both are they both three and zero. They both three and zero. Both three and zero. Nice. Oregon's ranked. College football's heating up. Like this is the part of the season with college football where you, 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 you you're out of those warm up games at the beginning of the year. The, the, the money games where you pay teams to come and you swoop up on them for a little bit. The tune ups. <laughs> This is now getting into the, you know, you, there'll be like a three or four week run of like ranked games, important games, good games, and then they'll kind of get to the weaker part. Then it'll get, it'll get heavy again in December when we get toward bowl season. But an interesting conversation that Dion had on transfer portal slash NIL. And Dion was talking about with the introduction of the new rule of the transfer portal. See, I come from a college era where if you had transferred way back in the day, the only way that you were able to play immediately was you had, if you was at a Division I program, you had to transfer down. You had to go to a Division II program, a Division III program, and then you could play right away. Well, with the revamping of how they do that in the transfer portal, you can now transfer laterally to either another conference or team and play that same year. Now, there's still restrictions where teams um, can restrict. For example, if, if, you're, if you're a player from Alabama, if a coach has wanted to, he can say, we'll, we'll sign off on you transferring. Can't go to Georgia. Can't go to Georgia. We can't, we can't, we can't let you go in the SEC. Now, if you want to go to the Big Ten or Big 12 or Pac-12 or ACC or whatever, Big East, cool. You can't go to SEC. 
So they still have that restriction. But what Dion was talking about, he said, with the with the with the advent of the transfer portal and allowing it to be, it basically becomes college free agency. And now guys go into the portal and they go from a bunch of different schools. And now they're able to be plucked by some of the bigger schools. And what Dion said, he said, I actually feel bad for the high school kids. Because Dion says, I'm only taking four or five high school kids this year. He says, because at the the way that they are firing college coaches, at the rate that they're fired, you, you get, you'll get fired in two or three years. You'll sign a five-year contract, six-year contract. And if you ain't winning in the first two or three years, they'll fire you. So Dion is like, coaches are more so now saying, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to take this high school freshman, uh, high school senior incoming freshman and try to figure out the, what, what they are with a bunch of those guys when I can jump right in the portal and get a guy who's a sophomore, get a guy who's a junior, who's already made the transition, who knows what it is to be a college athlete, college student athlete, who understands how get up in the morning for class, working out, who's been through all of the emotional things that you go through emotionally as a freshman. I'm missing home. I'm homesick. And now with the NIL, I can offer money. So not only can I, can I persuade you with my team's success, but I can lace your pockets too. And that's why you've seen Dion come in and have such a huge transformation and has a huge success in his first year at Colorado because while he may not have had the biggest recruiting class, he was number one in the transfer portal. He was the number one coach in school in the transfer portal. They were ranked number one. And that got me to thinking about, man, you're right. The trickle-down effect is now, if you're not a five-star, if you're not like a dog-dog, most of the time, five-stars usually get all the scholarships. Well, if I'm not taking a lot of the five-stars, then the five-stars end up going to the smaller schools maybe not all the power five schools well the the the, the sub one division a the fbs and the in the small division one programs that used to go to the three three and four star kind of guys well now they've been bumped down and those guys have been bumped down because of the five stars have been bumped down because of the guys in the portal teams are taking them more than they are the high school seniors which means the guys who are two, one, and no stars who may have had opportunities at Division II schools or small Division I schools are now either pushed to community college or pushed to Division three schools or like HBCU schools. And there are some kids in high school who will not get a scholarship who are probably deserving of a scholarship and will never get a chance to play college football because of that. Or they'll have to go the walk-on route. They'll have to pay for school and then be a walk-on and try to earn themselves the scholarship. I think it's an interesting topic that Dion, and I think another reason why a lot of people are mad at Dion, yeah, it's the success. Yes, he's very loquacious and the bravado in which in the confidence in which he does things un- unapologetically. But Dion has conversations like this out loud, and he says things out loud that the other coaches have been saying in private. 
Deion's not the first person to go and attack the portal. Go, go look at your favorite school. They do it too. And now when you add NIL money to this thing, you, you can entice players even more. I thought about my situation. I was like, man, I was a pretty, pretty high recruit back in the day. Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. I, I had every school you can name. Texas, you name it. Virginia, Oklahoma, Miami, UCLA. I mean, you name the school. I, I had an opportunity. I had a scholarship to go there. And I chose North Carolina because I felt it was the best fit for me. It felt like it felt right. I'm a, I'm a feelings guy. But if I was facing the, the NIL period, and let's just say I, it was between a smaller school that was giving me more money, and maybe I, like, like that's a matter that would have mattered to me. It, it would have went from a feel to the feeling of money in my pocket. It would have went from a gut feeling to a pocket feeling. My gut and my heart said North Carolina. But if NC State would have gave me 100000 I would have been in Raleigh. My heart and my gut said North Carolina. Go Heels. If Michigan would have offered me 150000 in IL money, 200000 in IL money, my pockets would have said, go blue. A lot of kids are now looking at that. That is a determining factor on where you go to school. It's no longer, you know, uh, Alabama, Georgia, a lot of those schools used to have four and five star guy, three star guy. They'd be on the bench waiting their turn. I got to wait two years because the guy in front of me, he's, he's an all American. And now what's happening is those guys are saying, and this is why you're starting to see teams like Clemson, see teams like Alabama, they go, wait a second, they're, 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 they're mortal. They're mortal. Because the money is being distributed differently. Where it used to be the allure of, we're going to play for a national championship. And you're going to be on TV. More kids are looking around now, and I, 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 I look at me, and I go, I come from a situation where I ain't had no bread. My grandmother was making $40,000, raising three boys. We were broke. We were poor. So while it sounded great to go to Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State, if somebody was offering me a little bit more bread, I'm out. Because feeding my family sounds a lot better than sitting on the bench broke. So I would go to a lesser school or maybe not as popular school or as powerful if the money was right. But that's an interesting conversation. I know some of you are watching have kids right now that are in high school. And you're probably looking up and struggling and saying, man, my kid's really good. Like not not because some of y'all have unrealistic thought processes about y'all kids. Some of y'all kids really not that good. I'm sorry to say that. But some of y'all kids are actually good. And you're saying, man, I'm struggling for my kid to find a school or a scholarship because teams just are not taking high school kids in football. And Dion said the NCAA is going to have to come up with something where they offer more scholarships because he's saying, I am not going to take the chance because my job is dependent upon one thing and one thing only.
Like we we can be we can be all politically correct if we want to. Dion can have a hundred percent graduation rate. Dion can have no kids get in trouble. Dion can have every kid show up to class on time. Dion can have everything right in the community. He don't win games. He going home. Period. This is a result driven business. It's big business. And when you don't win, you don't keep a job. So I don't blame Dion and others for saying, I got to win. And I got to win now. Because if not, they're going to have me back at the crib. So going into the transfer portal, pulling these kids out that are ready to go right now, because I don't have time. The, 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 the AD, the president, the alumni aren't giving me time anymore to develop freshmen and sophomores. And we go through these losing seasons. So I'm going to protect my job, my legacy, my money. And I'm going to go give scholarships to these kids in the transfer portal. I know exactly what I get. I know what they're good at, what they're not good at. You don't know what that freshman going to be. Dion has a freshman on his roster right now. Kromani McLean was the number one defensive back in the country that has not seen the field yet. And they even asked him earlier this week, like with, the, with, with Travis Hunter being out for a couple weeks with the lacerated liver, what's up with McLean? He'll play when he's ready. And they go, well, what, what's, what's keeping him from getting on the field? Well, what, what's keeping him from getting, being ready? Deion said, him. Him. He's the reason he's not playing. Now, read into that whatever you want. But Dion was darn sure, like, oh, when I'm coming over, I'm bringing Travis Hunter. I'm bringing the best two-way player in the country. Because I got a freshman who was the best player in his class who can't get on the football field. So coaches aren't spending their time with three, four, five, three, four, two-star players. The five-stars get a chance. They get a chance because they're – athleticism and their ability to translate and transition maybe quicker. But teams are saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Akron and I'm going to get the best player in Akron. I'm going to go to the SWAC. I'm going to go to the American Conference. I'm going to go to I'm going to get the best player in the American Conference. I'm going to go get to, I'm going go to go to, to, to get the best player at William & Mary. And I'm going to surround him with the rest of the guys that I got here and that's going to elevate his game. I'm going to go to these other schools who are looking to get their situation changed and different up, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go grab that Joker who's a sophomore. I'm going to grab him who's a junior. I'm going to grab him who's a, who's a fifth-year senior. I'm going to bring these guys in. Deion brought in 51 players. 51. And he said, I'm only bringing in, in the class of 2023-2024, I'm only bringing in four or five. You know how many scholarships you get in, in, in college football? You get like 80-something. He's saying, I, I'm reserving four or five of the 80-something that I get every single year for high school kids. The other available ones that I have, they go into the transfer portal. I'm going to get more kids out of the portal. I don't have time to develop the babies. Big business. It's sad some of your kids will be involved in it, but it's big, big business. Talking about big business, um, 
<laughs> Dion and company find every single week. Uh, they just I don't know how they keep doing this. They keep finding things that are personal. It's personal. Well, as complimentary as Dan Lanning and the Oregon football team has been, the Buffs have found something personal. You're like, well, they didn't say anything. They talk about the glasses and hats and nothing else. They said nothing about Shador or Shiloh or nothing. Well, Jesse, what are you talking about? Listen, I'm like y'all. I'm like, how do they keep finding this stuff? But they found something that's personal. They found something in assistant coach Nick Williams. Probably don't know the name. Probably never heard of the player before unless you're like a Georgia Bulldog fan and his time at, uh, as, as a Georgia player. But Nick Williams, who's an assistant coach, defensive line coach, defensive end. Well, at the time, Dan Lanning, who's now the head coach at Oregon, was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. While Dan Lanning was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, Nick Williams, who was a former player there, who then transferred to Northern Alabama and came back to Georgia as a GA and was working basically for free for two years. And in his time there working, when guys come back to be a GA, they're just trying to get those years of uh, uh, coaching experience, trying to develop their coaching uh, acumen and, and, and build a resume so that hopefully one day that they could be a college football coach or a pro coach or a coach in general. I, for one, never had those desires. Don't want to be a coach. Can't do coaching. But Nick Williams said otherwise. He thought that I'm going to be a coach. Well, the it's personal motivation of this week was Nick Williams was working under Dan Lanning at the University of Georgia, Georgia University, University of Georgia, whatever you want to call it, at Georgia. And Nick Williams said that during his time there and his dealings with Nick Lanning, Lanning Nick Lanning told him, you will never be a coach. Woo! Said you'll never be a coach. Now, good thing for Nick Williams, he didn't believe Dan Lanning. Oh, but he got up in front of the Colorado football team and he told them it's personal. That he knew in his heart of hearts that he was going to be a coach one day despite what Dan Lanning said to him at Georgia. And that this has been a chip on his shoulder and he's been waiting for this moment. Didn't know when it was going to come. He knew that he'd be a coach. Didn't know he coached under Coach Prime. Didn't know they had this opportunity as the Colorado Buffaloes take on the Oregon Ducks this Saturday. But it's personal. They found it again. As if you needed another bit of motivation, they have found something else to drive them into this game. Will it work? Don't know. Don't know. This is a good football team, this Oregon football team. you got to come out and you have to score some points. With Bo Nix and company, they're going to play. This is going to be their real challenge. Can they beat them? Sure. This College football is very different than like pro football. Like Pro football usually stays on pace of the better team is going to win the football game more often than not. College football, it's literally a week-in and week-out proposition. 
When you're dealing with young men who haven't figured out a level of maturity and level-headedness just yet, some of these cats coming to a game, they didn't fail their science tests, grades are bad. Somebody that some somebody that stuffed they they sent him an apple while they was away. Now he mad cause she out here thotting and these kids is a lot that's happening. Emotionally, it is not always there. They like being a professional at times. When you're a grown man, you know how to check it at the door. These are still young men feeling out their emotions. So it's always a it's always a crapshoot week in and week out when you have good versus good. Now, when you got really good versus directional school, that usually plays out the way it's supposed to play out. And there's, a, there's an anomaly every now and again where somebody will take over. But when it's good versus good, but they found another one. It's personal. Coach Nick Williams. Right here, Tay. Maybe we add that into the conversation, that clip. So I'll pause and we can add that in. They found another bit of motivation. <laughs> it's personal. So maybe those guys will rally around this and make it personal. That's been the mantra. That's been the marching orders for this football team. We'll see what happens. But they just keep finding motivation after motivation after motivation. All right, and we're going to end with this interesting story that's happened in the NBA, kind of. Gilbert Arenas on the No Chill Gilbert podcast or whatever. I think it was an interesting story. And the conversation was money versus rings. Money versus rings. Now, if you get a chance to be Jordan or Steph or LeBron or Kobe or Shaq, when you're just a superstar, you get, you get a chance to have the money and the ring. You get, you get, you get, you get best of both worlds. You get the pretty girl. With the nice body, you get all of it. You you get you get you get you get your cake and you eat it too. But there's a small percentage of guys who get to have the cake and eat it too. There's a small percentage of guys who can say, I made a boatload of money, I made generational wealth, and I'm a champion. Very few. Even though the NBA is still guaranteed contracts, like LeBron's a billionaire, right? Jordan's a billionaire. Shaq hasn't spent an NBA check in his career. He has all the endorsements. Like, there's certain players. Steph Curry will, will make money hand over fist to the day that he dies. His kids, 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 good. But everybody ain't, ain't able. You don't get a chance to have the pocket full of cash and the bling. So the conversation came about of money versus rings. Do you take less money to become a champion. I, for one, personally, Jesse Holly, some may call me a money-hungry garden tool, and that's okay. But to Gilbert Arenas' point is, Gilbert Arenas said, I'm always going to choose the bag over the ring. And his point was, he said, I know dudes right now, right now, who are champions who trying to sell a damn ring? Who are world champions? Got the bling bling, but because they short on cash, they trying to sell a ring. Gilbert Arena said, "I made 171 million dollars in my time in the league." And someone asked him, "Would you have taken 
$120 million in a ring, or would you still have said, give me my $170 million? Bill Marina said, there's no way in the world I'm leaving $50 million on the table for a ring. And that's a good point. Because if you're not the star, that ring can only go so much. Like there's a, I use the Cowboys for example. There's a bunch of Cowboys who were a part of those Super Bowl winning teams. You only hear about Michael, Emmett, Troy. You say about the triplets. I work with Nate Newton, who was a part of all three of those championships. You don't hear about Nate. Now, Nate can probably still go and make a little bit of bread here and there. But the people who make the bread bread, like the bread bread from the ring, Michael, Troy, Emmett, they go get the $50,000 autograph signings. They go get the $100,000 jersey signing appearance fees. Not everybody else. Big Cat don't get that. Nate don't get that. Alvin Harper don't get that. There's a bunch of players who are a part of that legacy. Jimmy Johnson might get it. That's about it. I'm sure those guys are saying, man, I appreciate the ring. I'd much rather have the bread. And, I, and, I, you know, and then Steven Jackson, I shouldn't even mention his name. Don't listen to anything he has to say. He's talking about, like, you know, if you're really from the hood and you ain't really came from nothing and, 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 and you, you got a difference between $50 million and $100 million, but $100 million don't come without a ring, give me the $50 million with the ring because I come from nothing, so $50 million feel like $300 million. No, it doesn't. You know what feels like $300 million, Steven Jackson? $300 million. $50 million don't feel like $300 million. Sorry. 300 million feels like 300 million. 50 million feels like 50 million. And if I can have 50 million on a ring or 300 and no ring, give me the 300. I'll make a ring. Because honestly, unless you're the star, nobody really cares about that you want a ring. They don't. I am forever a North Carolina national champion. Uh, forever. I am forever a national champion. They talk about Raymond Felton. They talk about Sean May. They talk about, that's probably about it. They don't talk about me. But I'm a champion. And I'm cool with that. But everybody doesn't get a chance to eat off that. If we went back and did, in and, 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 and 2025, it'll be the 20-year anniversary of us winning a national championship. When we go back and they have whatever the, 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 the deals are, will I get a seat at the table? Probably. Maybe. But my number won't be the same as Raymond Felton's number. What they're going to pay him and what they're going to pay me ain't going to be the same. Both champions, I take the money. And if there's anyone ever listening, take the money. You can cry in the Bugatti. <laughs> Take the money. Championships are great. They're amazing. But if you're not the star or the co-star or part of the triplet of the stars, no one cares about you anymore. Get that bread. Like, my, like Robert Ory 
has the most rings in like modern day. Nobody cares about Robert Ory. Like he he's Robert Ory. He gets talked about yada yada yada, but Gilbert Arenas is more popular than Robert Ory right now, and he has no rings. I don't even think Gilbert Arenas ever even played in the finals. And if you set if you set up a signing autograph booth just in a random place, more people would probably come and want pictures with Gilbert Arenas than they would with Robert Ory. And I'm sure Gilbert Arenas has made far much more money than Robert Ory. But he got them rings. He got them rings. Gilbert made $171 million. He's going to take that every single day. Take the money. Always. Take the, if it's good money. No, not, I'm not saying all money ain't good money. But if it's, if it's legal money, don't worry about a ring. Get the bag. And then once you bag up. Once you secured the bag and you got generational wealth, if you go, if you if you secured a hundred million, two hundred million dollars, then you go chase a ring. But if you were, if you were that if you were that 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 fringe player, man, go get that money. You can always chase a ring. Can always get that bag. I would take vet minimum to go chase a ring somewhere. Go get that bag, man. Always get the bag. Always, never, 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 never not get the bag. All right, man, I'm out of here. Thank you guys so much for being here with me. Episode 15, hang with the boys. Like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. See me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Mr. Fourth Along is where you can find me. Fanatics Views, you can find me there. YouTube, tell somebody. I need the bag. Please. I need the bag. I don't. They, my ring don't matter. <laughs> I, need the, I need help. Get me the bag, please. I'm hungry. Please. No. But yeah, tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, subscribe, do all that kind of cute stuff. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. All that. Advertisers call me. Ding, ding. I'm there. I pick up. Hello. I pick up for the money. If you ain't got no money, I'll look at the number and be like, oh. I'll text them later. I'm going to pick up for the bread. I'm going to pick up for the money. So if you want to be a part of this show, you want to be some advertising, call me. I like when that hotline bling. I'm going to answer for the bread. Not answer for nothing much else. Text me other than that. All right, um, I'm out of here. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it's your life. It's your life. Enjoy it. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.